Good morning, everyone. A very special happy Easter to everybody. Welcome aboard to the GAR Capital official podcast. My name is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Thank you so much for taking a little bit out of your day and your week to spend it with me. I know it is Easter Sunday. I'm pretty sure you're with your family at the moment. But when you come back home from all the festivities, you'll have a brand new podcast ready for you to talk markets. So here we are. Let's go ahead and get started, shall we? We had a poll open about two days ago, or about yesterday, I believe, on the Instagram page. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, it's at GAR Capital on Instagram, and also on all social media pages at GAR Capital, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, FYI. Um, we went ahead and put a poll up, which, what would be the subject of this week's podcast? We like to put those polls up about every week, um, and was the, well, the two options were either earnings season, preview or market recap like we usually do and overwhelmingly over 70% chose earnings uh, season preview so with that being said let's go ahead and talk earnings I mean this is going to be in my opinion the biggest earnings report for the year why do you say that why do I say that well for the most part this is the first quarter earnings second quarter after the the the, uh, the Donald Trump tax cuts that were passed, if you remember those those Trump tax cuts were passed, uh, when it went through Congress and everything was signed into law, I believe in December. So this would be the first full quarter in the books with these tax cuts done. Now, if you remember very vividly, uh, Home Depot, um, I remember Home Depot had that. Uh, Boeing had uh, Lowe's had bonuses given to their employees, a thousand dollar bonus, uh, cash bonus. Uh, Walmart had cash bonuses, what have you. Where these companies were giving out cash bonuses to employees, uh, buying back stock, you know, increasing dividends, mostly cash bonuses, which was a good thing. And you're starting to see how the companies have benefited from these tax cuts. So again, no one can ever dispute that lower taxes does boost uh, companies' bottom line. Of course it does. But here, here's the here's the first issue here. We got to see exactly to the T, to the books, exactly how it is affected. So again, so much to go over in earnings season, this go around, so much to go over, so much to talk about. Uh, there's a couple of companies I want to go over. We won't be able to go every single one because there's so many. But we'll talk about the beginning ones for the most part. The first thing you see here, I have the SPY chart on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, if not, you're probably listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Anchor. Right now we have the SPY. SPY, we created a channel here in between 258 and 265 or so, 265.16. Uh, we've been bouncing around that area. Obviously, last week we had volatility, we had rises, we had drops, we had rises, we had drops. The biggest one was tech. Tech was the big mover. Now we're in a new quarter. Quarter one is in the books. Now we're going to quarter two. Earnings season is coming. The first big earnings that are coming are in April 10th. For the most part, I already checked for you guys, second till six, the first month, the first week, not much going on in earnings-wise. Not much that we're going to trade. The week of the ninth, that's what we're talking about. Delta Airlines will be the first one. That'll be the first one that I'm seeing. Uh, that's on April 10th. That is D-A-L. That'll be the big start to the earnings season. So the second week of April is actually when we actually really get started. The ball starts getting rolling. And usually the first ones that are reporting are the financials. So let's go ahead and talk about financials. Bring up the XLF, which is the financial ETF, one of the better trades to have uh, to go ahead in the options trading or 
you know, stock trading, XLF is a good barometer of how financials are doing. If you're watching here on YouTube, I'll go ahead and explain. We're off the, the high of 29 about two weeks ago. 29.81 was the high on the hourly chart. Uh, we went all the way down to the support level of 26.75. So basically only a $3 move, about 10% for the most part. 10% move from the highs two weeks ago to the fall. Now again, if you compare this to the S&P chart, it's very similar. Uh, financials do equate to about 15% of the S&P market cap, about 10 to 15%. Tech being the highest weighted, financials be the second highest weighted. If you combine both together, tech and financials, they equate to about 40 to 43% of the full S&P 500 market cap. Is that sustainable? I'm not sure, but I do like financials for the most part. I think higher rates from the Federal Reserve is going to boost uh, financials bottom line. I think more loans are being written. There's a couple of stocks banks I do like. Uh, where where S&P goes, the financials go to. You could actually compare the S&P chart to a XLF chart. So let's go ahead and compare both. Uh, S&P would be the SPY. And you can almost see to the T uh, on an hourly chart. I'm going to actually bring it up here, how the comparison comes. Uh, how much we bounced off the, the support levels on uh, the charts. You know, from that high of 280 to now the below of 258 on the S&P and the SPY. And you can actually see the fall and the bounce in those channels. Very, very similar. And I'm looking at both charts here on the YouTube channel of the recording. Now again, at the end of the day, we had a volume spike on the SPY and you could see that it fell slightly on that candle. Quite the opposite here on the, on the XLF, we actually ended up on a green candle in the hour. Now for the most part, you do wanna see here on the XLF if we can break over the, the, the channel here at 27.75. And the same deal goes with SPY 263.75. 265 handle, if we could break that, we could maybe go back over to the 270 mark on the S uh, SPY. We have a lot more to go on the 280s, a lot more to go because that was the highs that we hit in March. If you want to go to the highs in general, 286 is the high. That was the high basically all time for the SPY. And that was back in March, uh, January highs. If you want to bring up the XLF2, January highs as well, almost exactly to the T. You could almost compare both charts. They're very similar, the XLF and the SPY. The movements are there. So if you want to track the SPY, you can track it with the XLF as well. So again, you know, they're, they're both those things together where they look very correlated because of the fact that the XLF financials are very heavily weighted in the S&P. So why are we talking about the XLF first? Reasons. JP Morgan Chase. Reports on the 13th. I'm going to go and bring that up. You can see it here on TD Ameritrade. Friday the 13th on April, you have JP Morgan Chase reporting, Wells Fargo reporting, Citigroup reporting, uh, just on the 13th. Those are the big three banks that are going to be reporting on the 13th. So let's go ahead and talk about those three. Looking at the two charts here, we're good. So what I want to do is go ahead and bring up a four chart here, and we can actually bring up Citigroup, JP Morgan, and Wells Fargo. Now, if you want to talk about three banks that are completely moving to different directions, Wells Fargo is moving the direction opposite of all three. Uh, we're going to go bring up an hourly chart just for, for illustration purposes since we trade options. And you can see here the Citigroup and the JP Morgan Chase chart is very, very similar. Again, the channel broke on Wednesday to the downside and we stayed within that range last Wednesday in between that range. The big difference here, if you want to take a look at Wells Fargo with all the stuff that's been going on with them, they've been a lot more bearish. But again, they've still been stuck in that channel as well. So again, a lot of it has been done with just channel movements, uh, meaning that 
what you're getting is just range-bound movements from the week highs down below. So again, we haven't seen much of a movement for about four or five, six days on the Wells Fargo, on the Citigroup, and the JP Morgan. Let's go ahead and bring up the XLF, and you can actually see the same exact thing. You're seeing the bounce within the channel. The question is, are we going to break this channel to the upside or break down to the downside? Again, that's the big question. Here's one thing that stood out to me here. The GDP number that we had about a week ago, that paid about 2.8%. We were still trying to hit the 3%. That still wasn't enough to boost the markets. Still wasn't enough. So again, maybe macroeconomic data isn't going to help here on the financials. We need strong reports, strong earnings, strong report growth and everything. Again, financials were great this week. The only one that missed was Citigroup right here down 1.11%. So again, it's on the middle range of the chart, middle range of the channel, while JPM is to the higher end of the channel, hit trying to hit resistance, and Wells Fargo stays in the middle. Wells Fargo has more of a headline risk, meaning they had more issues with the opening of fraudulent accounts, what have you. Citigroup is more of a global play. They have a little more global exposure. If you're worried about a Deutsche Bank, uh, in Germany, if you're worried about European Union, if you're worried about Brexit, I would stay away from Citi. If you're bullish bet on JP Morgan, on uh, American banks, JP Morgan's your best bet because they're the highest one by market cap. So again, JP Morgan would probably be your best bet if you're very bullish on American banks. If you're bullish on global banks, you know, Europe play, England play, Citigroup would be your best bet. If you're looking for a bounce back to the downside, a value play, Wells Fargo would be your best play. Their price earning multiple is smaller and their dividend, I believe, is a little higher. So we can take a look at that and see. If you click on Wells Fargo in comparison to the peers, you can actually see Wells Fargo actually has a higher dividend yield based on the stock price being low. But again, look at the week change, 52 week change of down 6%. The financials have been up 24, 28, 13%, double digits to the high side. Price to earnings multiple is one of the cheaper ones. Only City's a little cheaper. Revenue is still strong. Margins are pretty strong. Not terrible. Earnings growth is very weak to the downside. Revenue growth, still not the top. So again, if you're looking for a value play, you're looking for the bounce in a, in a bank, more value, well, as far as be your play. If you don't want to pick a bank and you see like, I just think that financials in general are going to be strong, then the XLF will be your best bet. And the XLF does move almost correlated to the big banks. So these are the three that are going to be reporting on the 13th. Let's go ahead and preview those. Let's take a look at Citi. Citi group here. You can actually see, we're going to bring up a daily chart. And we see the last time we had earnings. Earnings report, a $1.22 estimated the actual is $1.28. So it beat handily. What happened then? That same week, we hit the all-time high of $80.70 within five days. So bullish bet there. Earnings report here, 132 estimated, actual 142, had a candle to the downside, came back up slightly, but again, a loss for the most part. This was back in October. Back in, in uh, July of last year, 131 estimate, 128 actual. Missed, came back down, gapped up within the summer. So two out of, four, two out of three have been misses. Oh, two out of three have been downside misses to the, uh, to, for the stock after earnings. Back in uh, April of last year, again, earnings report, miss, downside, then we had a gap up back in about a couple, about a week later. So I would not recommend buying the stock or trading options ahead of it. 
I would not trade options ahead of the earnings. I'd rather react to it, see if we get a gap up or a down. I'd rather confirm the move, if anything. So Citibank is one I wouldn't really touch at the moment. I do like the, the stock, but if you want to trade it short term, I would stay away for right now. Wait till you get the report. Wait to react. Patience, guys, patience. JP Morgan, back in January, uh, 172 estimate, $1.07 actual. Miss, big miss, went up slight, strongly, and then February took a dive. But went strong. Our earnings report, 170 estimate, 176 actual, back in October. Strong a beat, strong beat, went up. Back in uh, July, me, uh, beat, stayed pretty low on the low side, then gapped up about a week and a half later. Same deal here. We had a beat back in April, stayed, 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 and gapped up about how long later? About a couple of days later. The week after tends to be it. Now keep in mind, Friday is when they report. So again, your best bet would be the week after. The week after would be your best bet. So let's take a look at calendars again. We can go back here on the chart. Let's so look at Wells Fargo, look at market calendars. So again, you could take a look here on the 13th and actually see you could probably play the 16th to the 20th. So again, if there's a call you want to make, go ahead and try the April 20th calls that expires then. That'll be your best bet for the, tr the trade here on financials. We want to take a look at Wells Fargo since we're just previewing for right now. We're not going to preview every single one. What I'm going to do, guys, is I'll go ahead and, and set up a, an Excel spreadsheet showing exactly what we're looking at. And then I'll post it on Instagram for you. And then every week we'll show you exactly what's moving. So Wells Fargo, we'll take a look at a daily and how they've earned reports. Uh, we had a report here, 116 actual beat, went to the upside after a slight drop. Same thing here, 104, the actual was a miss back in October, stayed down, went back up. Uh, 107 actual against an estimated back in July, stayed down and fell. And then we had a dollar uh, actual 97 cent miss hit, went back up. So again, two out of four. Again, one of those things that you want to make sure these are confirmed moves. We don't want to just buy them just to buy. We want to make sure that we confirm our moves. So we had a really big gap down right after the dividend. This was at the news that came out in February uh, regarding the uh, the Federal Reserve punishing uh, Wells Fargo. Uh, they get rid we got rid of a couple of board of directors. And uh, yeah, again, it's just been a headline risk. From 66 down to 58, again, a value play. If you're seeing a bounce here on a daily and you think that we're near support, which it looks like is near support, I would call support maybe around 50, and we're right around 52. 50, would I buy here at a 50 on Wells Fargo? You do, do you know who is a big shareholder of Wells Fargo? It's Warren Buffett. So again, if you're looking for a value play, $50 here on Wells Fargo could be a buy, very cheap according to book price and dividend yield. I like this name. It's still a big name. $50 would be a good price to get in if you're looking to a long-term investment. So taking a look here, I'm going to go get a couple more stocks here. Let's look at the 16th. Again, we have a ton more. The 16th, Bank of America, IBM, Netflix. I'm pretty sure everyone wants to know, what about Netflix, Carlos? What about Netflix? Tech, let's talk tech finally. Let's talk tech. Let's see, we're definitely been clocking this stock for a while. Uh, looking at earnings, the last earnings we had. 41 cent against a 42 cent subscriber was up, gapped up. Another one here, 29 cents actual versus estimate, missed again, went down slightly, then came back up a couple weeks later. Gap up on this report here, 15 cent actual against an estimate, gapped up on subscribers. This one here, 37 cents against a 40 actual, beat and fell. Took about a couple of days to rise. 
confirm the move first. This is why it's so important you don't predict, you confirm the move first before you buy calls or you buy the stock. Again, it's going to be very volatile with earnings. Netflix has missed three of the last four quarters on earnings. But the main deal here has been subscriber growth and debt. I want to know how their cash flow is. I want to know how much more movies you're coming out with. Netflix is a great stock. I do like them long term. But for the most part, we've had a parabolic move with them since since 2000, the beginning of 2017. It's been an actual parabolic move from 160 to 340. 333, excuse me. Is that sustainable? Almost double the price. More than likely not. But again, you could see and find my weakness here. 240 would be the, the next support level for me on a 240 level. But again, I mean, with earnings, do I think we're going to get a gap down? I mean, it's all on subscribers. So again, looking at a chart here, it's going to be very difficult to actually make any kind of assumptions here on this move. Uh, let's look at Bank of America. One more bank for earnings. And then we're going to go and preview the week for you too. So again, Bank of America, 3246 is our alert since we're on that channel. Fell down 3305 here. Let's take a look here at the last earnings. Earnings report, 46 cents against a 47 actual. Beat, rose. That was the last quarter. Beat and rose, same deal on the third quarter. Last quarter, the, the quarter before that, this is back in July. Uh, 46 cents actual, 718. Stayed range bound, then jumped up a week later. So again, Bank of America has actually been pretty strong. If you see here, Bank of America has, let me move this trend line here, excuse me. Here, 41 cents against a 35 cent good beat, gapped up about a week later. So four out of four have been actual raises up here. So Bank of America, I do like. And absolutely here, you're, you're testing support, near-term support level on a daily at $29. So again, I do like this stock with a beat. I'm not predicting, I don't want to buy ahead of time. But again, I could see us hitting 33 or above with a strong beat on earnings. I got to see exactly what we did. Bank of America, I did believe, had bonuses for their employees as well, just FYI. So again, let's go and repeat it. Uh, the airlines, I'm going to stay away from, but banks, I do like a lot. JPM, Wells Fargo City, Bank of America between the 13th, on Friday the 13th and the 16th on Monday. Very, very important. And Netflix. So again, we're going to look at more down the line. We're not going to go every single one. There's so many because earnings season is so wide and big to make sure that we have all the opportunities available to us. But for the most part, $29 is the support level in Bank of America. Take a look at SPY. We looked at the comparison with the ETF of financials. We're not talking tech today. Financials are first. Tech will be reporting down the line. And if you are interested, we're the big, big cap companies. 426 is Microsoft, Apple on 430. You have Twitter on 424, Amazon on 425, Tesla on May 1st, Facebook May 1st. Uh, Baidu 425, Qualcomm 425, Google 423, again, PayPal 424. I'm going to go ahead and type this up for you guys, but for the most part, big companies are, are reporting, just not this week. So I want to go over what was going to come over the next week, which is the financials. That's the most part. So taking a look at that, that's where we are at the moment. So with that being said, hope you guys are ready for the, for the uh, earnings reports. Looking at SPY, I mean... We could have, uh, we're still in that range channel here on a daily, but taking a look at an hourly, I do believe that this week uh, we're going to make sure they focus on the indices to trade because uh, individual stocks are probably going to be on hold for the most part with volume due to the earnings reports coming out. Of course, we'll keep an eye on news as always, but April is important. April is very, very jet set on the fact that we have earnings reports. So again, guys, keep in mind, tons to go over, tons to look at, very exciting stuff.
So again, if you have any questions, GARcapitalfx.com is the website. If you want to join our options signals group, it's GARcapitalfx.com. You can DM us on GAR Capital on Instagram. If you want to sign up for our teaching program where we dive into more and more details regarding uh, earnings reports and everything like that, please, please, please join us, GARcapitalfx.com. It's a $2,000 course. We do have payment plans available. If you want a free video on options trading, on exactly how we do look at things and how the teachings, uh, teaching goes, you can DM me directly, GARcapital at gmail.com. Our GARcapitalfx.com is the website. Or you can go ahead and DM us on Instagram. GAR Capital is the Instagram page. So again, just a quick overview. I want to go ahead and finish up for the day and go ahead and talk about uh, Forex Factory, which is going to give us some, some news on exactly economics. I like to go over macro, macro details. Uh, today's obviously, we have uh, Easter holiday. We have ISM Manufacturing PMI on Monday, quiet day. Uh, RBA rate statement, central banks, Aussie. Keep in mind if you're an Aussie trader. If you're looking at the fourth, ADP non-farm payroll change, ISM non-manufacturing, that's where we're at 10 in the morning. Not much going on. Services, PMI, trade balance, not much going on on Thursday. And Friday, we have non-farm payroll report. That's right. Hope you guys didn't forget that. Non-farm payrolls, that should help us boost the markets. Again, non-farm payroll has been very strong for us. We've had, I think last one we had 313,000. The forecast is now 190,000. We're in springtime. Weather should be clearing up. We will see what the unemployment rate is. We're now at 4.1%. Per, We're looking at a forecast of 4%. ADP numbers should be released on Wednesday, the 8.15. We will be ready for you guys on Friday, the 6th, for an off-arm payroll report. I wanted to show you that personally. And Fed Chair Powell will speak at 1.30 p.m. Uh, I believe of the Economic Club in Chicago. It is nothing uh, government-wise, but again, he should be able to talk about some policy and maybe talk about the non-farm payroll report itself. So again, big news coming this week, non-farm payroll, of course, first Friday of every month, and we're going to see how the market is going to go ahead and react to this earnings report. Are we bullish? And my bullish is your question. Yes, I am bullish. I do believe that the tax cuts have boosted earnings to the bottom line. And we're going to go ahead and see some really good opportunities here, guys. So remember, with options trading and stock trading, there's opportunities everywhere. Even if the stock market goes up or down, we can make money. GARcapitalFX.com is the website. Please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast itself, GAR Capital, official GAR Capital podcast, where we talk macroeconomics, stocks, and everything else in between with trading. Information you can use daily, information that you can Use every single day to help you trade. We have our daily notes, morning and afternoon notes, uh, GAR Capital on Instagram. I appreciate you guys every single day. I hope everyone has a great Easter to you and your family. My name is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. We'll catch you guys for Monday's morning meeting. Uh, morning note, excuse me. Morning note, and we'll talk more about how the markets have moved. Have a great day, everybody. We'll catch you guys soon. Thank you so much for spending time with me today.